0: fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. at cbsi.com. Here we
1: go! Your friends don't play fantasy? LOL. What a bunch of
0: nerds. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Eve.
2: Well, this time last year, DeMarco Murray, Jordan Howard, and Jay Ajayi were second-round picks in 12-team leagues. Todd Gurley was going 24th overall, and Lamar Miller was going 25th overall, so I hope you made the right call on that one, and Marshawn Lynch was next off the board. Running backs can be unpredictable, and that's part of the fun. We welcome you to part one of the 2018 Running Backs Preview. Today we'll talk overall strategy and focus, I think mostly on the top 15 or so, and get a little bit deeper into it tomorrow. I am Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings But you know what, guys? Does it feel like running back is just loaded at the top this year?
3: Yes. Yes. Have you looked at an ADP?
2: Oh, yeah. But, yeah, are we going too crazy, you know, or is it justified? There are like 10 running backs going within the first 15 picks or so.
3: That's it? Just 10?
2: Yeah, I think so. That's
3: that's a a little crazy. Up to Cook. I don't think it's crazy.
0: Adam, we were just in a draft where – 10 running backs went
2: in the first round. Yeah, I think the first 11 picks? Maybe 10 12. in the first 11 picks. I was the only one that did not take a running back. How about that? All right, well, we're going to get you more into that. You
0: were one of the lemmings.
2: I was. I took Kareem Hunt. But start your fantasy league right by drafting Kareem Hunt or by booking your draft party at B-Dubs. You'll get a free draft kit and enjoy a draft feast of boneless wings, three sides and three shareables at a special price, only at Buffalo Wild Wings, wings beer sports at participating locations while supplies last. So yeah, are we going a little nuts on uh, on running backs. Last year was a great year for running backs. The rookie crop was terrific and that's part of the reason why we have so many running backs going so early. Heath, what do you think? Is it an overreaction?
1: I think it's like I think 10 of the first 11 is definitely an overreaction. I don't think you should take 10 running backs. And over. that's in half PPR. Yeah. Over DeAndre Hopkins, over Odell Beckham, even over guys like Julio Jones and Michael Thomas, I can't do it.
2: Okay.
0: Where's the cutoff for you?
1: I think the first three picks should be running backs. I think that in PPR, there should probably be five or six of them going in the first round. I think it should be pretty close to even.
2: Alright, alright. Dave, what's your read on the running backs, uh, the running back position in general this year?
3: So there's, there's a perfect storm here of very, very good running back talent and a lack of that same type of abundance at wide receiver, especially at the top. And I think but, it, it's making my- people – I think it's making people realize – if the running back talent wasn't so – if if there weren't so many great running backs, then I think I'd get what you're saying, Heath, which is attack the weakest – weaker position, which is wide receiver. Right my, is is my, that what you're getting at or am I putting that's words That's kind in of what I'm getting at. My my thought
1: though is if we're saying there are 12 great running backs, great 12 great guys and there are only six great wide receivers. If I'm at the back half of
3: the first round, I'd rather make sure I get one of those wide receivers and one of the 12 running backs will still be there. I think that's entirely plausible and I think that works in PPR and I think that's what a lot of people are going to do. But I think a lot of people are also going to take that running back first and then in round 2 they'll get especially if they're picking late in round one, so they're early in round two, they'll get one of those wide receivers anyway when they come back around in round two. It's just a matter of who's up there and who they're comfortable with at both positions and what they think will be left when they're up again in the second round. But I think that there is a lack of... First of all, you can't measure the stud running backs and the stud wide receivers the same way. They're closer in PPR than they are in non. But the running backs throughout the history of fantasy football... Have typically gotten more fantasy points than the wide receivers, and I think people are gravitating toward that. They want to get one of those stud running backs, and there just aren't a lot of great well, that's, stud that's, wide receivers. Just either. based on
0: what you said, though, that's every year, though. Everybody's going to gravitate toward running backs. There,
3: it doesn't feel like there's been this many running backs with this much potential, but that's not changing in the way
0: people draft five, six
3: years. Well,
2: that, well that no, it's a, a little draft. different. No, but it's it a little is different this a couple year. Years ago it was different. Yeah, like last year. Last year, this was ADP. Right, you know, we did the running back preview basically the same time. So I just lifted my notes from last year. David Johnson is going. You're so lazy. (laughs) David Johnson is going first. Le'Veon Bell second. LaShawn McCoy seventh. Devontae Freeman eighth. Zeke ninth. But at the time he was trending down. We were getting reports of the suspension. Melvin Gordon twelfth. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six in the first twelve, and then DeMarco Murray fifteenth overall. That's seventh you know set so six in the top 12 and Jamie you just said we just did a draft where where 10 running backs went what is 10 in the first 11 picks i think yep. i do think it's a little bit there's a little bit more enthusiasm and i it seems to me correct me if i'm wrong it seems to me like there is a top 10 that's the, that appears to be like the first tier yes right and dalvin cook has solidified that and then after that you're looking at Freeman, McKinnon, Mixon, Howard, guys like that. But do you feel like there's a top ten, a, a firm top ten here? 100, percent yeah. And, I feel all on that, yeah. I, I guess, Dave. Let's because I think running back and wide receiver are so intertwined with the early picks. I don't know. Do you really feel like wide receivers so down? Because I feel like there are nine wide, eight to nine wide receivers that are thought of similarly to the running backs.
3: Okay. My 10th-ranked running back is Dalvin Cook,
2: Right, and I'll
3: just go with 8, 9, 10 of Kamerick, Gordon, and Cook, and that's a non-PPR. And I think everybody would agree that those guys are all worthy of first-round attention. If you, I look at 8, 9, 10 at wide receiver, and this is just for me, it's going to be different for every person on the podcast. For me and non-PPR, it's Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, and T.Y. Hilton.
2: Right, so- and I think
3: those guys are great. But I think that they're definitely second round guys.
2: What if you did six, seven, eight though? Cause I, I feel like there's 10 running backs and then somewhere between eight to 10 wide receivers that are in the same tier. And then, and then after that you start to look at like Gronkowski. Because like Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas. That's six, seven and eight for you at wide receiver. Adams, yep. Allen, Thomas. Is that a lot different than Fournette and Dalvin Cook?
3: Absolutely. I'd rather have the running backs and I'd rather have the receivers. Jamie? What's the
2: format? So, um, <laughs> I mean, that matters. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, half. No, full. Receivers. But again, this is the point of the draft. You're drafting late. You can get one of each, eh, right? Yeah. So I'll
0: give you an example. Um, in our IDP league, which I think you guys reviewed when I wasn't here, I had the 10th or I had the 11th pick. And so I went with where I could have had two receivers. And I think, Heath, you went heavy receiver. Yes. I went Hopkins and Thomas. Right. So I went Dalvin Cook and Keenan Allen. Outstanding. Where I could have had Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas. I could have had, I think, Beckham. I think think Beckham went 12.
2: Because you felt it was important to get one of those top eight running backs. Top ten running backs, right?
0: I I mean, I I would have gone receiver-receiver. I think that's the right spot to do it. But I just think that... I mean I, I just knew I I knew that where with the IDP guys factored in and you know, knowing the way some of these guys drafted, that I felt I could get a good enough second receiver, which I don't remember at the time who it is. I know Pierre Garcon is my third. Um but I just felt like I wanted to get one of the top ten running backs and one of the top four receivers. And then I think the
1: other question is and you can just ignore floor in your drafts too. But is Leonard Fournette riskier or not as risky as Michael Thomas? I would say Michael Thomas is a lot safer. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. No. You, no.
0: Well,
3: Fournette's much more likely to get injured. You'd agree with that, right? Sure. So then he's riskier. Every football player theoretically has the chance to get injured. But and running backs by, by are the much, much fine. More so if, risky, if I'm not worried receiver. about it, then I'm not. Then I'm going zero RB. I'm not taking any running back based
0: on that. No, but when, like, Adam's always had this philosophy of being safe with your first round. I don't think you maybe follow it the same way nope, anymore. not Adam. anymore.
2: Like, That's over with.
0: Right, but you always <laughs> went with the approach of you don't want your first round pick to lose your fantasy league.
2: I still agree with that. I don't want to draft a bust in the first round or the second round necessarily. But, it's not, but-, I,
0: but take take the word bust out of it. The, the injury risk component of, like, we had this conversation on, on CBS Sports HQ that for FFT, which you can watch at noon every day um nice rex burkhead does he just naturally always going to be an injury problem you know and there are guys that i think fournette hopefully does not fall into that category but when you're assessing risk and if it's close for you especially in ppr don't take the risk if you don't have to all
2: right then my next question is if you pass over a running back with each of your first two picks you think you can be okay? You can make It th- Like, doesn't have to be zero RB or anything, but let's say you use rounds three and four on running backs. Is that all right?
3: You can get away with it, and you can do it in any format. I would prefer full PPR, but you can do it in any format.
2: All right. Do you guys have an overall general – I'm not going to ask Keith, <laughs> Mr. Snips uh, – a general running back strategy that you would like to tell our listeners?
0: Draft a lot of them.
2: There's I mean, of take,
0: take at least three that you feel comfortable starting week in, week out.
2: Okay.
3: How many, three within your first, four picks, five picks, six picks?
0: However is many, that- wherever you feel like you're going to get a starter. I mean, if it's, you know, if if you, look, Jamal Williams is somebody I feel comfortable starting. He's going in round seven. Marlon Mack is somebody I feel comfortable starting. If he's healthy, he's going around eight. Um Carlos Hyde, probably. The, I, I wouldn't think. feel comfortable starting yeah. him, but sure, I can see that. Week one against
3: uh, Pittsburgh. I was about to say Indy. But, yeah, you're right. That's not so great. How about try and get at least one running back with your first two picks? I think that seems okay.
0: Three with your first six? Yeah, I don't want to put a number on it.
2: Uh, You don't have to do it that way, but if you can, that
0: would be a way to do it.
2: We are probably not going zero RB this year, right?
1: I'm going to be writing this week a piece called Zero Running Back is Not Dead. So, And I did do a running back in our IDP draft. So, yeah, I, I yeah. mean,
0: I, I think you could definitely get away with it, especially if you pick at the back end of the first round. It, it It's not going to look pretty, but your running back position when you come out of your draft. But by the end of the season, if you have guys that will get work, and I, I, I say this a lot, in pockets of the season, they will get you by because you're going to find somebody off waivers. If you're smart and you're aggressive with it, there will be guys available to you. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to drop Aaron Jones after three or four weeks, and by the end of the season, he could be the best running back in Green Bay. Someone's going to drop Jordan Wilkins if he's not good. He could be the best running back in Indianapolis. Nick Chubb could get dropped. There, There's going to be guys. a guy that we're not even talking about who's going to be an interesting a- waiver wire ab- pick. Up. Absolutely. Sure. Doug Martin, Jalen Richard. Yeah, but like, you
2: know, how and, long do you have to wait? You know, So let's say you go zero RB, and that would be what? Not taking a running back until the fifth round?
1: Sure. Fifth or sixth.
2: Yep. F- fifth or sixth round. Give me a few guys that might end up on your team that you think – all right, I, I'm loaded at wide receiver. I've got – I also have Zach Ertz in round three or something like that. Uh Who are my maybe, running backs? Maybe you backs? took
1: Aaron Rodgers. I mean, maybe you started receiver, receiver, Ertz, Rodgers.
2: Yeah, your, your number one running back is
0: going to be somebody of the group of – now Ronald Jones is going to fall. He's going to have some good moments. Uh, Rashad Penny is going to fall. You could go both Seattle guys. You could go both Tampa Bay guys, and you have one guy there that could get you through five or six weeks easily. You can go with – Dave said this on the show. I, I did this in several drafts. Forget about Jamal Williams. Take Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery because at some point one of those guys is going to be relevant. See, yeah. I, I like it better if you go Williams and Jones. That, I get, that's what I get it, but that's What I'm saying, what would what I'm saying is – And you, you can do that starting in round five. You don't. You, your first guy, assuming mo, – because most of your RB is round six. Assuming your first guy is somebody that's – Toward the end of whatever top twenty-four list you're looking at, it's somebody in that in that group twenty-four to thirty. That's your first guy, and if you're not comfortable with that first guy, again, you, if you did it already and you have Carryon Johnson, you're like, wow, man, yeah. look at the, look what I got,
3: right? Because he's not necessarily a round five guy if anymore. If it's Jamal Williams, no, he was around seven guy. Now, right, but, but now what is he? Now he's around five, five guys. Yeah, probably five. He might be six. Five. I, I wonder if he keeps creeping up and up and up and he up, will. and he's going to be out of this conversation he, 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 because yes, that's but, one but that it, would be great. Penny right. and Jones
1: will replace
0: him. Huh? Penny and Jones are going to replace him as the round six or seven. Right. But what I'm, and Mac is is probably going to fall from eight to ten. But what I'm getting at is, if you drafted already and you have, <clears throat> excuse me, you have you have Carryon Johnson or you have Chris Carson late or Rashad Penny or uh, excuse me, Peyton Barber late, you're like, wow, this this looks pretty good or Jamal Williams, who you know was some somewhat all over the map but probably settled into round seven. Um, those guys are all going to start to creep up. But again, if you did it with Marlon Mack and Ronald Jones and those guys, you're probably unhappy. Well, and there's some other guys that are going to start creeping the other
1: direction, uh, Rob Kelly or Samaj P. Ryan, whichever one you prefer there. Um, Chris Thompson. I, in, in PPR, guys like Chris Thompson, Gio Bernard, Tariq Cohen, I think the Jets guys, Crow, you'll see Crowell probably going in the sixth now. But he won't be a bad guy to start with. Even, even somebody like Tevin Coleman. Carlos Hyde.
2: Crowell goes really late. I mean, in PPR, he's going 87th overall. Um, we haven't talked we had, about the Patriots guy. Debate. Well, I, I don't want to get into all that because I want to, I sure. just want to, um, but yeah, that was an interesting debate when Jamie took Crowell in the flex league over the weekend. Uh, but Marshawn Lynch could be a running back for you. Uh, the Patriots guys, I know we're going to talk about Chris Hogan, or not Chris Hogan, uh, Rex Burkhead, excuse me. Uh, a little bit later, and Sony Michelle, they could be options for you. Carry on Johnson, like we mentioned, um, yeah, and maybe, maybe even Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller's PPR ADP is fifty fourth overall. So if you wait until round five, and you take receiver, receiver, Ertz, Rodgers, Lamar Miller is your number one running back. That's not a bad start. There are ways to go. I think one, you know, the difference to me, guys, with zero RB is that the the top of the running back crop. Does seem better than it's been in the past, um, and look, <laughs> maybe that some of them are going to be busts, right? I mean, even without injury, it's just that's the way sports works. So I do want to spend which, a lot of time on those guys.
0: Which guy do you think Adam's going to be the, the the bust of the top ten?
2: You asking me? Yep. Well, we talk off the air. We spoke off air yesterday, and I I don't know why I keep taking him in mocks and in the real draft that I did on Saturday. I got a funny feeling about Kareem Hunt, but I almost, I'm almost hesitant to say because I don't want to turn people off to Kareem Hunt. I don't have a great reason for it. It's like Spencer wears back. There might be a little bit less of a, of a workload. New quarterback. Yep. New quarterback. He doesn't quite have the pedigree of Fournette and, and Cook and even McCaffrey and all these guys. Like, I the offensive know. line
0: looked awful in the first preseason game, and, and he had that big lull in the middle of the season.
2: He did, but they really struggled in those games. I mean, they they barely won in those games. Then they went back to Kareem Hunt, and they got back on their winning ways. So you think they'd learn their lesson? He averaged five point one yards per carry. He or four point nine. He was great. They went one in six. In, uh, in that seven stretch, seven game stretch from week six to uh, six to 13 where he had 13.7 carries per game. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Who of the top the, 10 running backs is the most likely to be a bust?
0: Barring injury for me, there's three guys and I'm still drafting them. So it's not like I'm, and I'm not moving them in my rankings. Hunt is one. Camara just because if he doesn't succeed with the workload and, and Mark Ingram comes back with fresh legs and just sort of crushes where his average draft position is. And there's Barkley because he's a rookie and the Giants could completely fall flat on their face, and I didn't think the Giants' offensive line looked great in that first game. So I, I spoke to Barkley and Nate Soldier after the game, and I was standing when Evan Ingram was talking. Ingram was the one that had the second block, which opened things up, and he was, you know, jokingly, but he was like, "I, I give myself credit for that run, <laughs> um, for for opening o- opening the hole there." But he, uh you know, both first Eli Manning was great. He said, "You know, great run." First time he was asked about it, then he said. Let, let's not go berserk. It yeah, was right. it was one run, you know. And, yeah, they had four, right? <laughs> uh, uh, the other four weren't great. Other three, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he uh, he's gonna find, and and this is something that um, Pete Prisco, our our colleague, you know, he talks he talked to a lot of the defensive guys, um, and a lot of like personnel, uh, which is it's fun to be around games with him. But so he he was asked asking them guys like asking guys, you find out quickly in the NFL that you can't bounce to the outside like you do in college. Now he got lucky. He had the, the 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 pause. He had the the jump cut, and then the acceleration through the hole. He made uh um uh, I forget uh, ninety for the Browns. Um, Agba,
2: Emmanuel Agba.
0: Yeah, okay. he made him. You know, he kind of froze him a little bit, and then he just kind of uh, ran by him. But he tried to do it on the second run too, and and he got stuffed. But I I I think you know you just look at uh, what his upside is. Clearly, that's what you're. Buying into.
2: All right, we'll get into all those guys. Dave, top 10 running back that's most likely to be a bust.
3: I could make the argument for Le'Veon Bell. What? When's the last time a running back had over 400 touches in consecutive years, didn't go to training camp? Regular season? Regular and post. And didn't go to training camp, and then came out house of fire the year after. He's got a lot of work on him. And everybody kind of has a sense that this could be his last year in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. If he shows up, he says he's going to. But it makes me a little nervous. Like, I see David Johnson looking as spry as ever. And I know that he barely played last season. I know his offense isn't going to be quite what it was last year, but I know he's going to get the touches. And it makes me think about taking him ahead of Le'Veon Bell.
2: Oh, Dave, Dave, Dave. This guy is like a guaranteed 2,100 total yards. He's on a, one of the best offenses in the NFL. Might be the best. Dave, Dave, come on, really? I just said
0: I could make the case, but
2: you're not really so going to do that. Your
0: case is, is breakdown, not poor performance. Correct. Yeah,
2: and he did get off to a slow start last year. Le'Veon Bell. Let's you know, let's be clear there. Missing training camp is not a minor deal. They don't. They have a different offensive coordinator. I get it. Um, all right, Heath. How about you? One one top ten running back who's most likely to be a bust?
1: Yeah, I think it's. For me, it's pretty easily Alvin Kamara, and I don't want to call him a bust, but they're, like, if his workload doesn't go up a lot and then stay up when Ingram comes back, it's going to be really difficult for him to duplicate what he did last year, both in terms of yards per touch and in terms of touchdowns per touch. I think he's overdrafted even with Ingram out for four games. In non-PPR, I've got him at number eight at running back. And there, it's not hard to see a situation where he doesn't get hurt. He plays all year long and he finishes as a top 20 running back and not a top 10.
0: Pete Prisco said on our fantasy football today show that he thinks this is the passing of the torch now. Like Ingram will still have his role, but it's the commercial. I hope so. I I, I don't, I don't buy that because I think Ingram will have a, a pretty significant role, but. He said I, – I said, okay, Pete, let's start at, at the top and work our way down. 300 touches. He said easy. Which wow. surprised me. Yeah. Because I'm thinking 250. Yeah. I mean that's the number we were talking about on one of our previous shows. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and he's seventh overall in non-PPR. Like I, uh, that seems crazy. So last year – Adam, had, let me ask you
0: something real quick. Did you have any concern over Dalvin Cook with how Latavius Murray looked in the preseason game? Because no. he looked good. He did.
2: No, I don't think so because you know what? Cook – uh, Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon averaged, after Dalvin Cook's season-ending knee injury, the last 12 games of the year, they averaged, I think, 28.5 carries per game combined. So I think there could be eight carries per game for, for Latavius Murray and still plenty of work for Dalvin Cook. Uh, I don't know that they that they combined to average 28, but I, I think this team's going to run the ball. Um... Yeah, so, so last year, Mark Ingram had 13 carries inside the five and Alvin Kamara had four. So a, a true passing of the torch would probably have to also be reflected in that statistic. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm sure Heath, you just don't think that the, that he can score 14 touchdowns on 201 touches. That's a lot. Yeah, I don't or, think or he can score
1: four, 14 touchdowns yeah. on 250 touches, most likely.
2: Right. How many right. total
3: yards did he have last year?
2: Like 1,500, 1,550.
3: Can you hit that again? I would not expect that. So if you're drafting him fifth overall, sixth overall. You have more seven? Eight at running back. I'm at eight too. And I even I I think I'm
0: okay with that. But,
3: but what about him? Even that's still really close to his ceiling. That's you're drafting him close to
0: like I, kind of I, what he I did I last love year this offense. I do too. I, I just think with more, just a slight uptick in in touches, he's going to be where he was a year ago.
3: But we play this game all the time. We're we're thinking you're you're thinking step forward for Camara. You don't think Mark Ingram loses his role? Drew Brees is going to go right back to being more pass happy. I mean,
0: maybe at this point they're just going to dominate I, the time the of possession, offense. huh?
3: Maybe the Saints are the best
2: offense in the NFL. They
0: they're my Super Bowl pick for the NFC.
2: And As I've been saying, isn't David Johnson on the worst offense of all of these top 10 running backs?
0: He might be. I mean, certainly uh, going in, you know, I I, I worry a little bit about the Cowboys, but it's hard to, you know, go away from what Elliott should be able to do, especially if they're talking him up in the passing game. But, uh, if you're just stacking him up on top of each other, he's in the worst situation.
1: You should have answered that question yourself, Adam, because one of these running backs is on the offense that's going to regress the most, which is Jacksonville.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, well, by the way, with Ezekiel Elliott healthy, the Cowboys scored 24.4 points per game. Not healthy. Uh, not suspended, I should say. 24.4 points per game act- with him. Act- Active, yeah, thank you. 18.3 points per game without him, so he was worth a touchdown to the Cowboys last year. Going to do some rapid-fire questions. Got to tell you about the SeatGeek app. Uh, this is the elite running backs of apps you got to get SeatGeek on your phone. Next time you need to go to a game, any type of live event, concert, comedy, theater, use the SeatGeek app. Just search for the event. SeatGeek will search multiple ticket sites and grade every ticket based on value. So SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. That's the important part, that fit your budget. You can see very clearly, very quickly where the most value is, where you get the most bang for your buck, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And listen, not only do I use SeatGeek all the time, I truly do have it on my phone. I truly use it every time I need tickets. I tell everybody that'll listen about SeatGeek. Anytime the topic of an event comes up, I'm always telling people to go to SeatGeek. My parents were in town last month. They wanted to go to a Yankees game. I told them, use SeatGeek and I will save you 20 bucks. Because when you make your first purchase, everybody, my listeners, our listeners, use the promo code FFT on your first purchase to get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Again, download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FFT for 20 bucks. Off your first SeatGeek purchase, SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right. How does your strategy uh, for running back change in a three-receiver league?
3: Does it? Yeah. Shrug.
1: Not a big deal. I might have one less running back on my team, especially if I got a couple early.
2: How does it change in an auction, if at all?
3: I mean, in an auction, I'm always looking for value at every position relative to what other guys go for.
2: An auction is your best chance to get two of the top ten running backs. might be your only chance.
3: Sure. It's also, I think it's a lot easier to, if if you wanted to handcuff your guys, if you wanted to take two from the same team, I think it's easier to do in an auction than a draft. Like, if you just have to have Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. Like, the draft capital to do that might take two of your first seven picks. You might not love that. But an auction, it might take, it'll take less total right, dollars right, than right. what it would cost you to get Kareem Hunt.
2: Right. Uh, out of $200, how much would you spend on Todd Gurley?
3: 34. Out of 200? Yeah. Oh, six, 65. Yeah, I'm thinking closer to 70.
2: Somebody Probably made an interesting 65. point going from 100 to 200 that there still are dollar players in $200 leagues. So. The stud should theoretically go for more than double what they would go for in a $100 league. Does so that make sense?
1: I thought what Chris Harris said was really good on the podcast when we had him on uh, last week, that the hardest thing about doing auction values is that every single auction is going to be different. I mean, Dave and Jamie and I will all be in an auction together, and you will see occasionally we're going to pay more than we have
0: for a guy on our list. I don't even look at my own auction prices. It's <laughs> yeah, a I know. I,
2: I, I said it too when we talked to Chris Harris. I really don't like doing these auction questions because they are all so different. So let's skip it. Let's just skip it. But I, I just think it's a range. 70-ish it's, bucks out of 200. Yeah, it,
3: but is Gurley. there a price in your mind? Like if Todd Gurley goes for 72, are you out no
0: matter what? I'm generally out on all the big high-priced guys, but yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah,
3: so maybe the, the better question, Adam, is what's your drop dead price? What, what's too much? Mm-hmm. And like 80, 72 and up for Todd Gurley for me is too
0: much.
2: Okay. Maybe, maybe not in a 10 team league. Spend a little bit more on a stud. Yep. In the shallower leagues.
0: No, not yep. me.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. It is time for our fantasy profile presented by Buffalo Wild Wings, profiling an underrated fantasy football player who listeners should get to know as they could be key to winning your season. My favorite sleeper running back is blank. Heath, why don't you kick it off?
1: I will kick it off. And I I may have used this guy earlier in the offseason, but I'll go right back to Isaiah Croyle. And his ADP is sneaking up just a little bit now with Elijah McGuire out for probably the first half of the season with his – uh it's a foot injury, right, broken foot? Yes. Um, and he's still going to split work with Bilal Powell, and he's still on a bad team. But that's been the case for his entire career, and he has outperformed his ADP every year that he's been in the league. That's four straight years now. And the, the thing that people forget – Last year too? Okay, not last year. Yeah, three out of say, four years. That would be his, impressive he did last year. When I, when year. I meant yeah. he had outperformed his ADP, he outperformed his current ADP for 2018. Gotcha. Yeah, He was a number 31 running back. Last I checked, he was number 34, number 35 ADP this year. So he has outperformed this year's ADP every year in the league, sharing work with Duke Johnson, who's better than Bilal Powell,
0: on a Browns team that's won one game since 2015. He, he has three straight years of at least 200 touches. And so I was a little surprised given the reports this offseason that they started Powell because there was some talk that Powell might get cut. Yeah. Now, I wonder, you know, you always don't know how teams are going to treat veteran guys or guys that have been on the roster for a long time, and maybe it was just uh, sort of a token starting option for for Powell, but he struggled. When Corolla got on the field, you could see the difference. Um, the, the the receiving touchdown was the, the biggest evidence. You know, he was fast across the field. As soon as he caught the ball, exploded to the end zone. Unfortunately, took the the hard hit and was being evaluated for. Uh, I'm assuming it's a concussion. They just said head injury, and I haven't heard anything since. But in, in any event, so Adam and I were in this draft, and I took Crowell. What do you remember what round it was, Adam?
2: It's eight? Like round nine or ten, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And and one of the other uh, uh, owners in the draft said, "I don't get the Crowell hype." And I'm thinking What's to myself, "What's the hype in the ninth or tenth round?" Yeah, drafts? right. <laughs> and, and he was he was referencing last year. Um, and I said, "Yeah, he was overhyped last year. Totally, yeah, totally, yes, noticed. he was." Um, but. I still think as bad as the Jets may be, and even though he'll share work, whether it's with Powell, Powell, and McGuire, or one of just one of the two, he's still going to be 200 touches if he's healthy. Right. Because he will catch the ball a little bit, and he should lead them in carries. And so we had this conversation on, on FFT. I think he's still three to f- five weeks of going to be in your lineup, number two running back or flex, and will be good in those three to five weeks.
2: So Isaiah Crowell is Heath sleeper. Dave, who's your sleeper running back?
0: I got to
3: pick one? Sure. I'll pick one. I will go I'm, – I'm picking up Corey Clement in a lot of my drafts, and you can get him in round 11. And if Philadelphia is running out of wide receivers, then they're going to start needing their running backs to catch passes. But more importantly, I just think he's good. And I, I could see him cutting into everybody's
0: playing time in Philly.
2: Okay. B- di- bit deeper sleeper there, Corey Clement. So Crowell, Clement, and Jamie sleeper running back.
0: Oh, it's the guy you and I have been fighting over for months. Who? Jordan Wilkins.
2: Yeah, you know, you know what turned me off a little bit to Wilkins is how. Why was Powell getting so? Why was uh, Turban Turban getting so much work in that preseason game? And he's. he's I know he's suspended guy. for the first four games. Turbin. Yep. so.
0: Yeah, I, I think Wilkins is going to have the opportunity to be not. Lead, if Marlon Mack's healthy, he'll lead them in carries but Wilkins will be too. You know what I liked about Turbin getting that work for
3: Wilkins is that Turbin is a physical running back and so is Wilkins and Turbin's not going to be there the first four weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. And this is what that coaching staff wants from their run game. They want somebody tough. Mm-hmm. Wilkins can do that. I just, we, we, would like to see it happen once or twice. This
0: is one of those guys that you're probably going to be frustrated with in the early part of the season, unless he gets that workload in the first four weeks. But if Mac is healthy, Wilkins won't show the way he's potentially going to show. And then you have to deal with if what happens when Turbin comes back. But I think by middle of the end of the season, you're going to be happy about having Jordan Wilkins stash on your bench.
2: So, yeah, I mean, I think it is worth referencing the draft that we just did because it was 12 teams. It was super flex. So, you know, the rounds are Think running backs. Everybody fell a little bit because of the quarterback value. But Wilkins went in the 12th round, and I took Marlon Mack in the 8th round. So what seems like better value to you? Mac in the 8th round or Wilkins in the 12th and let's bump it up around since 7th round for Mac or, or 11th round for Wilkins.
0: I'd still rather have Mac, but I think they're both good values. This is like how Dave referenced about the Packers guys. This is one of those scenarios where it's not a bad idea to get both. Mm-hmm. I've done that a lot in several drafts so far, and I think it's uh it's a good strategy because I think this offense is going to be really really good with Luckbeck.
2: Dave, let's go to you for the uh, the breakouts. Breakout running back. Who's your favorite?
3: My favorite breakout is Alex Collins, who will be a top-12 running back for me if something happens to any of the running backs currently in my top-12. I love how he finished last season in Baltimore. Uh, I believe last nine games he had almost 800 total yards, six touchdowns. He's the lead guy. I think that offensive line will be okay. I think that offense might be okay, certainly better than it was last year. Flacco's healthier. He's been making plays I I, I think Alex Collins is in for a big
2: breakout year Heath, your favorite breakout
3: He's not going to be as good as Alex Collins But
1: I'll take Derrick Henry I think even if Deion Lewis stays healthy You're looking at over a thousand total yards And probably eight touchdowns from Derrick Henry And Deion Lewis has really had a problem in his career With staying healthy If he doesn't, then Henry's going to turn into a monster
3: He was strictly third down guy In their first preseason game That's what he should be Right. That's great for Henry
2: so it's funny, like, I feel like early preseason, we talked so much about Henry, and Mixon, McKinnon, McCaffrey, all the M's, they seem to have passed him, either they were already there, or and they solidified it, or they moved ahead of him, like Mixon in particular. I feel like, the is it me, or is it like the shine off of Derrick Henry right now?
0: I think it's just the, the, the love for Deion Lewis and what he did last year, which, again, like Keith said, he has a hard time staying healthy, that's... If he, if he plays 16 games, which I'd be surprised by, he's gonna annoy Derrick Henry owners enough to, that you, you may be a little bit frustrated if you take him in the third round. I think he'd probably be okay within the fourth round. But Adam, you, you said it from the beginning and I agree with you. I think a thousand yards is well within reach for him and he could lead the NFL in touchdowns, in rushing touchdowns.
2: Right. Like I don't even think he has to get that many yards, Derrick Henry, cause I feel like he's gonna, he's got a great chance of getting double digit touchdowns and he has scored a rushing or receiving touchdown in all five career regular season games with fourteen or more carries. However, he's been crap when he's had only thirteen carries, so he needs that fourteenth carry for whatever reason. Jamie, uh your favorite breakout.
0: Uh Joe Mixon. I, I like the additions on the offensive line. Uh I-, I think, you know, he the fact that he came in better shape, lost weight. Um you saw a little bit of the explosiveness in the receiving touchdown that he had. In the first preseason games, and, and I think you know, obviously Giovanni Bernard's going to play in the passing, most obvious passing down roles. But Mixon can catch the ball; he had over thirty catches last year. I, I think he's got fifteen hundred yard, double digit touchdown potential. I, I love Joe Mixon; uh, he's a top twelve guy for me.
2: He's going uh, earlier and earlier, right around twenty fourth now. Joe Mixon, end of the first round, end of the second round, part of me in a twelve team league. So starting your team with Gurley or Bell or whoever, and then would you take Joe Mixon around two, or would you rather take Travis Kelsey, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, a combination of those two, or is Mixon in play for you there?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: And then, like, Mixon, you can get swing pick maybe a little later depending on the draft. Derrick Henry, depending on the format, because people don't expect him to catch uh, any pa- a lot of passes, start to look at middle of round three. Alex Collins maybe early round four. And if these guys are breakouts, then then that you know, that's a good thing. That means you can safely take a wide receiver or two in the first two rounds and get a guy you like. But yeah, I, I was
0: expect yeah. I took McKinnon in the third round of that draft, Adam. I was expecting actually Henry.
2: Henry actually was one of those steals. He went in the fifth round. He went uh after well, Kenyon Drake late early fifth, then Derrick Henry, then Lamar Miller, then Jamal Williams. To me on my crappy team. Bust! Uh, Jamie, who's your favorite, who's your biggest bust at running back?
0: Um, I don't know where his ADP is right now, but McCoy. I, I want no part of him whatsoever.
2: Is he, is he gonna get his, is he gonna get 270 touches?
0: I don't know. I mean, if you're worried about a LeSean, a LeVeon Bell breakdown, uh, multiply that by a billion for me on, on McCoy. <laughs> uh, age, workload, losing three offensive linemen, I don't want any suspect quarterback. Yeah, uh,
3: although there, there's now an asterisk with it, but but yeah, it's
0: a, even if it's Josh Allen, it's a rookie quarterback going through growing pains. Um, so I I just no. Okay. I mean, there's obviously okay. a point where I'll take him, but it's not in the first four rounds.
2: Would you take Alex Collins or LeSean yes. McCoy? Would you take Jay Ajayi or LeSean McCoy? McCoy, McCoy. Are you guys Baby. expecting McCoy to be suspended? No. Doesn't seem like it. Okay, um, I could make the case that he will lead his team in receptions. Does he become a third round pick for you in PPR?
0: No, he does for me. He does for and, me, and, too. and and I understand why, but for me, no. Uh, what's his ADP right now?
3: Twenty seven. No, it's too soon. Yeah, that's that's too soon. Now the here's the asterisk that I said is is Josh Allen no. so much of a gunslinger? That it, it does just enough to scare off defenses. No. From crowding the box against <sighs> <No>. LaShawn <LeSean> McCoy. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Because he, he was fi- he was so much fun to watch. I know it was a preseason game, but Josh, Al- Josh Allen was fun to watch in that game. It just made me think, well, I wonder if they just, if they start hitting on a couple of deep passes, is that gonna loosen things up and give LaShawn McCoy a chance? No.
0: Nobody's double covering those receivers. Ever.
2: And, uh, Heath a bust.
1: Yeah, I, I think it'd be easy if you were just looking at current ADP to say Ronald Jones as the number 24 running back in the fifth round, but I expect that's going to fall, so it won't be particularly helpful. I'll go out on a little more of a limb and say Christian McCaffrey in non-PPR, and I know people are getting very excited about the fact he was the only running back with the first team, and he got that that uh, short yardage carry in the preseason, but he's the number 12 running back right now in non-PPR as the 18th pick overall. And I don't want any part of him in that format at that cost.
2: And who's left? Dave bust.
3: I'll go with Mark Ingram. I, I, I think he's a great player. I think he's just caught up in, in a tough time. The suspension knocking him out of the first four weeks, a bye knocking him out of week six. You really can't use him until middle of October. So he's taking up a bench spot for a long time. And if you look at last season, I, I think like the last nine games for the Saints. Uh, it's their final nine games, including the playoffs. He averaged about 14 touches per game. So uh, we we just spent a big chunk he of time earlier fantasy
0: points though over that
3: maybe, but outfit. if he's if it's hard for him to keep that he's I, I feel like he's going to be touchdown dependent. I don't know how many games he's going to have 100 total yards. And we just got done talking about how Alvin Kamara is going to go up to 250 touches. Pete Prisco thinks he's going to have 300 touches. We're all taking Alvin Kamara in the first round. It's got to be on the assumption that he's taking work away from Mark Ingram.
1: Over over the last 10 regular season games, he did only average 13 touches per game. He was the number four running back in fantasy.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Over that stretch, he had 1, 2, 99 total yards. But 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 7 of his final 10 with at least 100 total yards. Yeah, I don't buy the touchdown only thing at all. all right. If
3: Kamara's getting more work, that means it's less for Ingram.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I don't know. I, I think based on what he did a year ago, his workload, he's probably 15 touches out of the gate.
2: Okay. With it's, his reception. It's going to be
1: interesting with him and the rookie running backs because that's, that's the range he's going in right now. He's number 23
0: off the board at the start of the fifth round. And he's so involved in the passing game. He's not right, as good as Camara is.
1: Right behind Penny, just ahead of Jones, Royce Freeman, Sony Michelle, and Carry Johnson.
0: And, and I think, you know, with the Camara workload thing, they, they have an opportunity to run Mark Ingram into the ground. Cause he's not coming back.
2: Now. And, and, uh, we are gonna really get heavily into the rookie running backs tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Right now I gotta tell you about the draft app and best ball. Heath, we doing any best, best balls this week?
1: I will do a best ball draft when the podcast ends.
2: Beautiful, beautiful. So here's how it works. Season long, with no management. Just set it and forget it. You do a snake draft, now, whenever, anytime before the season, and that's it. Your best players get automatically selected. You'll get the best score every week guaranteed. And at the end of the year, if you won, congratulations. You don't have to worry about injuries or last-minute benchings. You don't have to play the waiver wire or make trades. It is low-maintenance stuff. It allows you to be in a lot of leagues, get exposure to a lot of players. It's really, really fun. And – You can play for cold, hard cash on the Draft app. Leagues start for just $1, so there's a league for everyone. And this year they're running the biggest best ball contest ever, a $1 million best ball tournament. You can enter the best ball championship, draft the best team, and win a piece of a million dollars in prizes. So if you want to get in for free into a best ball draft, please use the promo code FFT on the Draft app. Download the Draft app and use the code FFT to play a real money game for free. All you got to do, once again, is make your first deposit and use the promo code FFT. Search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and come play for free with the promo code FFT. And I just want to tell you that when Jamie and I did the Flex Draft yesterday, there were like five people in there, a bunch of industry people, talking about the Draft app and all the best ball drafts they were doing. So it was really cool. This thing's taken off, so you want to be a part of it. I think it's time for uh, for ADP review. And just real quick, uh, we know Darius Geis is out for the season with a torn ACL. Which Redskins running back would you prefer to have?
0: John Riggins. <laughs> I'm yeah. going with Rob Kelly. Clinton Portis.
3: Uh, among their active running backs, I'll take Chris Thompson. That's the only one I want.
2: Well, I'm, okay, he goes ahead of them. Like, the, those two guys, Kelly and Pirine, went almost at the very end of the draft that we did Saturday, which I thought was- Same little, round, right? Yeah, like four picks apart
1: we got a former Washington running back that will not be going back to Washington. Sounds like the 49ers are taking a flyer on Alfred Morris. I don't know what that means for Matt Breed. Oh, that's Derek a McKinney. reunion.
3: Kyle Shanahan back with Alf. Uh,
2: okay, so so the answer is Clinton Portis. Okay, we don't want to. Heath said Rob Kelly. will go with Rob Kelly. <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey may begin the year on the Pup List following off-season shoulder surgery. Uh, Alright, I will not, uh, I will not defend Carson Wentz. <laughs> 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 it's a big deal. I mean, it really is. Huge. And, and Nelson Aguilar's banged up. However, if he comes back in like three weeks and Carson Wentz starts really, really slipping, at some point it becomes a value.
1: As soon as he can pass his QB 14 in the, in ADP, I'll be jumping all over it. <laughs> Where'd you drop him? No, I've got him at 14. I've, I've basically left him in about the same spot. Alshon is down to
0: in the 30s for a receiver for me. Yeah, me too. I dropped Wentz out of my top 12.
3: And if it's official with Alshon, like he's not even going to play, he's officially on the pup list, I don't want him. Because he misses those first six games. When he comes back, it's Carolina. You'll feel good about that matchup. Then it's Jacksonville in London. And then it's a bye. So one game, you're going to feel good starting him in the first nine weeks. I'll draft somebody else.
2: Yeah, like Nelson Aguilar. going to have to put him up. Zach Ertz could benefit for sure. Let's go through, uh, through ADP here. Um, just want to remind everybody that Buffalo Wild Wings is sponsoring today's show, and Buffalo Wild Wings understands that being a fantasy football league manager, it's a tough job. It's important to get a good first impression, and that all starts with the draft. So if you want your league to love you, tell them about the Fantasy Football Today podcast and book your draft party at B-Dubs. You'll get a free draft kit and enjoy a special draft feast of boneless wings, three sides, and three shareables for a special price to feed your league. So come in and get to drafting up some league manager love at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports, at participating locations while supplies last. Again, I just want to make sure we get to the top 12 to 15 here, and that's fine. The rest of the position can wait till tomorrow, no problem. Todd Gurley, one. Le'Veon Bell, two. Ezekiel Elliott, three. David Johnson, four. I used half PPR scoring. It's going to be more or less the same in any format, but... These are the first four picks in the draft, not just the first four running backs. Gurley, Bell, Zeke, David Johnson. Give me your thoughts.
3: Yes. Uh, I'd like to get as many of those running backs as I can. I will take Brown and Hopkins over Johnson. Wow. Wow. No, no, I'd rather have Johnson. No matter
0: what. What's the your format.
1: hesitation? Uh, how bad the Cardinals might be. Like, I, and I don't... David Johnson was awesome and he looked awesome in his first action. I don't have any con- real concerns about him being David Johnson. I do have some concerns that the offensive line is awful and the team is really bad, and he's just a little bit riskier than those two receivers.
2: Yeah, um, the worst offense for a top five running back in the last four seasons. Uh, in 2014, Matt Forte was on the 23rd ranked offense. Todd Gurley, some type player Todd Gurley himself was on the 29th ranked offense in 2015. Last two years, though, it hasn't been quite as forgiving for bad offenses. Demarco Murray was a top five running back. He was on the lowest ranked offense. They were 14th in 2016, and last year Melvin Gordon was the worst. Was on the worst offense of any top five running back. 13th. Um Take do with that what you will. He's got to catch passes. He will catch passes. That will help.
0: But what if the offense is better than you're giving credit for? Yeah,
2: that would that would I'm gonna, also I'm help.
0: I wish I had David Johnson,
1: but. The other thing on that side of it is I'm not sure there's gonna be a time where I'm like, man, I've got Antonio Brown. I wish I had David Johnson. Like, maybe, but Brown's going to be pretty awesome.
2: I want to say this about Gurley. Um he had a, a massive season. He had about three hundred fantasy points in I think in non PPR. Maybe that's too much. But it was huge. Uh yeah. Yeah, more than two hundred and seventy five. So looking at uh recent seasons of more than two hundred and seventy five fantasy points in non PPR, uh David Johnson got hurt. DeMarco Murray was pretty bad after his, after his big season and Jamal Charles went from number one to number six. So I don't know if that means anything to you, but it's been hard to follow up uh, an amazing year with an amazing year. <laughs> okay. I don't know.
0: I, I just think he's amazing and he's one of those guys that I feel based on his receiving ability will be able to not necessarily fall victim to the offense around him.
2: Does anybody like Bell better than Gurley in PPR?
0: Nope. No.
2: You do, Heath, Adam, don't you?
0: Adam, yeah, I do. Adam, how shocked were you by that first four in that draft?
2: Oh, my order, gosh. Gurley went fourth.
0: Yes. The order was Bell, Elliott,
2: Johnson, Gurley. Bell, Elliott, Johnson, Gurley. Very strange. Uh, I, I've
1: seen it go, I think, all four ways now. Cause I've seen Johnson go one.
3: Yeah. I mean, Maybe I- You've seen Zeke go one?
1: I've not. I don't
2: know. Maybe I, not. I that might be a mistake. I personally would be fine with Zeke one in, in non-PPR. You know, like, we know he's gonna- he was on pace for like 42-ish catches. He might catch more. He's probably not gonna catch as many passes as the other three in this group. But in non-PPR, like, this guy averaged 24 carries per game last year. It's probably not gonna go down that much. (laughs) Like, he just, he's such a workhorse. He's not splitting. That's fine. Yeah, like I'm not gonna, nobody's gonna have any qualms with Zeke going one in non-PPR. Alright, moving on. Kamara is the fifth running back off the board, seventh overall in half PPR, followed by Saquon Barkley, followed by Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, and Dalvin Cook. And, you know, look, they're all going between like 7th and 14th overall. Kamara, Barkley, Gordon, Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook. Do they, are they interchangeable to you guys?
0: In some ways, yes, but I, I think it, you know, clearly what Kamara is going to help you out with is his receiving ability. Whereas you're hoping that Fournette stays around 35 catches like he was a year ago, or at least projects to be. And you're hoping that Melvin Gordon doesn't lose anything to potentially Eckler, like they're saying.
2: Um, yeah, so Fournette had 36 catches in 13 games. is was on pace for 44 catches. Um, is I a- think
1: you can make an argument for any of these guys to be at the bottom of the list for sure. And that's what separates them from the first four. Like, you can, you can worry about Kareem Hunt's situation. You can worry about Dalvin Cook's ACL. You can worry about Saquon Barkley being a rookie or Kamara's volume or Fournette's foot and involvement in the passing game or Austin Eckler with Melvin Gordon.
2: The thing I don't really get, guys, is like, why would you take Saquon Barkley ahead of Gordon or Hunt? I don't know. You know, it's like, aren't you just, aren't you just hoping that they are Gordon or Hunt? That he is, sorry, that he is Gordon or Hunt?
0: Well, I, I I think first off, if if you like Fournette, you kind of have to like Barkley because you're liking Fournette based on what he did as a rookie.
2: Oh, you, yeah, but I'm like saying you're hoping
0: for at least that.
2: I can understand taking and, and, Barkley and for me.
0: That's the that that's not want to say it's the floor, but that's kind of be on the low end of my expectations for him.
2: Look, I can understand taking Barkley over Fournette if you're worried about the injuries. But those three guys, Fournette, Hunt, and Gordon, got a ton of work, are in line for hopefully a lot of rushing touchdowns. You're hoping that Saquon Barkley has that kind of season. You'd be thrilled with that. Does Barkley have more upside than those guys? I mean, because his I, team I just, sucks. I,
0: I, <laughs> I, buy, I buy into the Giants offense. You do? I mean, you know, Yeah. I, I I know what Eli Manning has been when Odell Beckham's been right. That's 4,400 yards and 30 touchdowns. So I'm expecting that guy to show up. I'm expecting Evan Ingram to be a contributor for them. What it means for fantasy is different, but I think he's going to be a good offensive player for them. Is he going to have Shepard? a better
2: offense than the – then the chiefs and the chargers?
0: the chiefs, yes.
3: I think it's too soon to say. Chargers, it's I think be on par. chiefs. I think it's too soon to say it about any of those offenses. But what you have to like is Saquon Barkley might have been the most ballyhooed running back prospect that has come out of college since finished the sentence. Trent Richardson?
2: No, I'd say Aiden I think Peterson. it's
3: before like maybe Ladanian.
2: I think it's Peterson.
3: There it is, Adrian Peterson. That's fair to say.
2: Or Gurley, honestly. I mean, Gurley I mean,
3: was a pretty good was player, Gurley was, he, but he had a torn ACL. He was ACL. the
0: third overall pick. Fournette was the third overall pick or fourth overall pick, whatever those guys were. Right. Th- those are pretty ballyhooed. And what did those guys do? They were top that, four that, picks that, who got that,
3: a ton of work. That's, that's Their my, offenses yep. turned around. They were improved with those
0: running backs. Yep. I, I, it's I mean, that's Ger- exactly Gurley, what's happening in New York. Gurley's a little bit of. An, I'm talking
3: myself into moving
0: Barkley. Ger- Ger- <laughs> to me, Barkley's the fifth best guy, but that's, that's my opinion. And I understand if you want to put him at, like he said, the bottom of the list. I get it. But I, I just think you, you see, Dave said it. Gurley comes in and Once he got on the field, that offense looked better. It was Jeff Fisher's offense. It was only going to look better, but he looked better. But Elliott comes in and with a rookie quarterback behind a very good offensive line. But the the best comparison, though, is what happened last year. Jacksonville had a suspect offensive line, and they drafted a rookie high. They invested in their offensive line in that same draft, and all of a sudden you see a team that can run the ball with a a good enough level of success with a chance to be great. And they did it with Blake
3: Bortles as their quarterback. Their number one receiver was Allen Robinson for a half. And then after that, it was just a scramble of mediocrity. Look at what the Giants have. And so how often is, is the box going to be stacked against Saquon? And the best part about it is that when the Giants are playing from behind, Saquon's still going to be on the field because he can catch passes and work as a receiver. So i
0: just, just, just cause I spoke to him and, and Geyser, I'll just tell you a couple quotes. Uh, I asked Sterling Shepherd about the run. And he said, I've been watching it all camp. He couldn't wait to cut it loose, and that's just what he did. That's just a little snippet of what 2-6 has, and I can't wait to see him in the rest of the season. Yeah. Eli Manning poo pooed some of this. Well, So if you're anti-Saquon, uh, the run, <laughs> he said... Uh, that's just him trying to, like...
2: He said relax, that's, basically. That's the whole... Yeah, I, I, Marcel, am not, so not I am not anti-Saquon Barkley by no, any but stretch. Like,
0: like Nate Solder asked him, you know, does he have that it factor? And he said, it's too early to say... I think he's a very talented guy. I'm glad he's on this team, uh, the NFL stuff. Where's the quote I'm looking for, though? It was from – I'll just make something up.
2: <laughs> I got a good was, one. When You find it. When when the Giants drafted him, Dave Gettleman, their GM, said – Yeah, touched by the hand of God. He was touched by the hand of God, frankly. That uh, so like I'm, something
0: that the Bears superfans would say. This is from Evan Ingram. <laughs> uh, we definitely want more of those runs. It's definitely going to help out a lot. When we get into the season, we're going to game plan a little bit better, and things are going to pop more. Obviously, if you get the run game going, the pass game is going to open up. There's definitely potential there. Big plays like that are going to help in the pass game. We just have to make sure we get more runs like that to make it happen. So they're well aware, clearly, that if they have a more balanced offense, more balanced run game, of course. it's going to make their passing game that much more threatening. I just think you have better on the left side, better in the run game. He'll be involved in the passing game. Eli loves throwing to his running backs. And you can't really focus on saying, okay, I'm going to stop this. You could say I'm going to stop Eli at 37. And that might be the case. But I still think he's going to be able to threaten defenses with a healthy Beckham and the other two guys.
2: Heath, am I crazy for doubting Kareem Hunt? And I'm not doubting him. I'm really not. I just have this weird thing in the back of my mind, a guy who finishes a top four running back. Am I crazy? I,
0: I just I just love how you're doubting him, yet you took him over Cook, the guy that you love in one of the drafts, and then you took him again in this draft. Over
2: Cook, yeah. yeah. I,
0: I've got Hunt number five. Um,
1: if – we get another week or two into the preseason, and the Chiefs' offensive line looks like it did in that first game. I'm going to start getting more concerned. Is Fisher healthy? I, no, don't, I
3: know. I, I know I they lost so. LDT
1: to a concussion, and I can't say his full name. That's why I call him. Duvernay Tardif, not we're yeah. He's the doctor. He's the doctor. LDT, comma MD. Du, Duvernay Tardif, I believe. Beautiful.
2: Yeah. Um Fisher, uh, but I'm he should be fine, he even if he's not. Okay, yeah, I think he did. I'm sorry. But he's fine. Um long term, I I believe. But let's not get into that specifically. Like
3: that's that's my only concern
1: the
2: with the offensive that. line. Okay.
3: No, I've I the offensive line's an issue, but if Patrick Mahomes isn't on his game, then it's going to make it easier for defenses to slow down. It's going to slow down the whole Chiefs offense. Like It'll slow down the whole operation if Patrick Mahomes isn't what he's been built up to be, and we're guilty of it too. We've talked about. Well, he his. can't be that if the offensive line is what it was. That's true. The offensive line was not
2: good. I Fish yeah, the game on. I trust Andy Reid, though. I mean, they are loaded with talent. Yeah, that's I the thing. Andy
3: like Reed. he's an Andy Reid running back. He's gonna get a lot of work. I, I everybody keeps talking about Spencer Ware. Ware might cut in for like five, six carries a game, but I think the only way Ware gets a significant cut is if Hunt stinks.
2: And, and I don't uh, uh, see
3: that happening. I think Kareem Hunt's going to – if if all things are fine in Kansas City, the line, the quarterback, Kareem Hunt's going to have another great year.
2: And Melvin Gordon, um, who, by the way, has outscored – or he has scored as many or more fantasy points as Antonio Brown in non-PPR two straight years. Yet he'll never be taken ahead of Antonio Brown. We did get this question a few weeks ago. What if Melvin Gordon – you know, finally has that year where he averages more than 3.9 yards per carry. What if he has a, a good year? Could he be maybe the number one running back? You know you're going to get a ton of work from him, right? I mean, is there untapped potential actually from Melvin Gordon? He
0: he told me at the Super Bowl, like, he's pissed off that Todd Gurley had a better year than him because he said, like, they're always going to be compared against each other. And rookie year, he said, Gurley got me. Second year, he said, I got him. Third year, Gurley was up for the MVP. So, you know, if he follows suit... And he's talked about wanting to be the NFL's leading rusher. Uh he's in a great situation. I, I do think in, and this came down today that the Chargers activated force Lamp off the list. So I love Lamp and Mike Councy. I think is an upgrade at their offensive line. Um the Hunter Henry loss I think hurts the offense, but they're they're a great schedule. Uh I, I think he's gonna get clearly a ton of work. He could he could be the the steal of this. Especially, you know, late first round, early second round, depending on where he goes, he, he's he's definitely set up for a monster season.
2: All right, then we're going to end it with this. We've talked about this a lot, but it's gaining a lot of momentum. He went ninth overall, I believe, in the flex draft that Jamie and I took part in Saturday. Dalvin Cook. How early is too early for Dalvin Cook? I'm I, not quite sure. You're getting him 14th anymore, which is his ADP. What do you think, guys?
1: Uh, the one two turn is the right place, and if you really love running back, I could see taking him a little earlier.
3: He's going to be in a great situation. Just so many games for Minnesota should have a lead and he can salt it away. Latavius could end up getting some of that work too. I mean I at, they this, look good. at this point, he did. He really did. I, at this point I'm thinking Minnesota's going to blow out teams by the middle of the third quarter, not the fourth quarter. Cousins look great. He was he was so on the money with those passes to Diggs. They
2: mm-hmm.
3: were perfect throws.
2: Yeah, but Diggs. as far as Cook goes, when's Diggs. the earliest? I know, I wish I had Diggs. On, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big Diggs fan this year. But anyway, uh, Ew. what uh, earliest you take Dalvin Cook, Dave? Heath said the turn is the right time. What about you?
3: Just before the turn. In non-PPR. Jamie? Yeah,
0: 10.
2: Alright, so we've uh, we've gotten to our top ten. Tomorrow it gets a little more interesting when Devontae Freeman and Jared McKinnon and Joe Mixon come off the board. Got interesting stats on those guys. Then we'll get into a lot more. Everything on down, uh, you know, from basically middle of round two in ADP till the end. So thanks a lot for listening. Running backs part two. Gotta go, bye. Tomorrow. <laughs> bye.